Hi, and welcome to The Gene Space, where I talk about music, life in an autistic household, writing, reading, and my various experiments in getting through the days, as well as various rabbit holes I've dived down lately. I'm glad you're listening. Did you used to be able to concentrate? Like riding a bicycle, in my experience, that is, this is a skill that you can definitely lose when you abandon it. And I suppose I've foregone concentration for a while. All the usual reasons, screens and more things being chopped into itty bits, and the amount of worry the world is causing me. Lately, I've been trying to rebuild my concentration skills. I used to be pretty good. I got into trouble at a couple of jobs in my early days because I'd get so absorbed in a task that I wouldn't hear the telephone ring. And who knows how I could get back to that level of absorption. It's lost me now. But I am trying to do stuff like setting a timer while I'm working on a project and hoping that I'll get in so deep that the timer going off will surprise me. For the most part, as you will hear, my surroundings are not cooperating with my effort to recalibrate my brain. I haven't figured out whether this sabotage is a good or a bad thing. Enjoy the show. A note before we get started today on the uh, essay proper, and that's about the video that I filmed, which was uh, kind of apropos because I was just trying to go to the park to get a little bit of, you know, atmosphere. And what I found instead was three pairs of birds on the ice, walking on the ice, swimming in the water, and walking on what looks like walking on water, which I thought was kind of interesting in a uh, an essay about weird occurrences that seem a little on the side of miraculous. Enjoy the show. I was about three quarters of the way to work on Sunday morning when I saw him. Fort Hill Street was unusually quiet, with little action at the CVS, the Dunkin' Donuts shop, or the commuter rail station. So, maybe I was a little bored, in search of some distraction, as I came to the residential section. The man was round-faced, with curly brown hair and a beard, and he was wearing two tan bath towels. And nothing else. He was barefoot. One hand clutched a car key, while the other held the towels in position. Barely. It was a chilly 25 degrees Fahrenheit. He reminded me of a painting one of those allegorical or historical ones featuring biblical scenes or ancient Greeks and Romans. Pictures where the garments, hymations, togas, etc., seem held together solely with big, clumpy knots. No buttons, belts, or seams. The knots tend to look iffy. It may just be my imagination, but it often seems to me that the characters are clutching at their clothing for fear it will tumble earthward at any moment. My personal experience with bath towels may have influenced this interpretation. I am terrible at fastening terry cloth. No matter how firm the knot, the towel slides off the second I turn on the blow dryer to do my hair. I'd blame my soft surfaces, except that many a towel of my acquaintances also made its way off of a hard-edged chair or hook. Anyhow, on sight of the man, my mind went into a frenzy of speculation. Medication left in the car? Wife threw him out after discovering he'd used up her favorite shampoo? 
Friend called, needing a emergency pickup? Lost a bet? Driven to the wilderness by the geese of his god? Distraction is often positioned as a moral failing, a weakness. As in Australian philosopher Damon Young's definition, distraction is chiefly an inability to identify, attend to, or attain what is valuable. The condescension in those 14 words makes me want to stop writing this and doom scroll for an hour, although I don't. It stings because I have been feeling particularly distracted lately. Not as much by the usual stuff, the screens and chocolates and fun books, but things that I encounter on routine journeys, people, animals, clouds, and other standard sights. Has that branch always hung that low? Why leave lawn chairs in the snow? How does the afternoon sun make that obnoxious yellow house pretty? And who was that prophet in two towels? Sunday morning, five-sixths of the way to church. I kept theorizing, trying to tighten the prophet plot. Then I hit a curve too fast and had to force my attention onto the road. I was glad that Sunday morning traffic was so light. I wondered whether my distractibility was helping or hurting. There's a less damning take on the issue from Judd Brewer, who is a psychiatrist and neuroscientist at Brown University. Brewer's article, Are You Stuck in the Anxiety-Slash-Distraction Feedback Loop?, explains that to cope with anxiety, the brain pursues distractions. The cycle goes anxiety-slash-trigger, distraction behavior, and reward. And the reward is relief from the anxiety. The problem, as we all discover, and as happened when I tried to chocolate cake myself through COVID and fascism, etc., is that the relief tends to be short-lived, becomes progressively less satisfying, and can turn out to have pernicious side effects. I let the prophet back into my thoughts during the Sunday sermon. When I was a kid, I was often subject to a post-sermon quiz to make sure I'd paid proper attention. It's therefore a treat as an adult to let my mind wander. If I pay too much attention, I start arguing with the points or the delivery, which makes it harder to perform my Sunday morning work, which is singing with accuracy and enthusiasm. I listened enough to understand that the priest was going on about the prophet John the Baptist. My mind wandered to my surroundings, stained glass and carved wood and organ pipes, fun, 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 and to the man in the towels. He looked vaguely like a figure in stained glass window number four, although that guy's robe was green and covered considerably more of his skin. Intellectually, I know that the world is not trying to tell me anything, but it's still absorbing to try to make connections. Religious writer John Bloom has a point. When we are regularly distracted by something, we need to take note. Our attention often runs to what's important to us, So maybe the message is that I'm spending too much time focused inward, or maybe that I need more interesting entries in my writing journal. A couple of days later, I edged past a parked fire truck with its lights flashing and an ambulance. The ambulance crew was pushing a stretcher with a white-haired woman wrapped in a white blanket. Her pale hands were folded in her lap. Two houses farther down, a U-Haul truck rested, its bay open. 
There were boxes and a stepladder and tools inside and also something big, shapeless, and powder blue that fell suddenly onto the road. A tarp or a covering of some sort, I thought, and then there was a gust of wind and the blob moved. I worried that it would blow into my lane. Maybe I'd have to dodge it. But it turned out to be a man in a blue jumpsuit. He picked himself up and leaned against the truck bed, favoring one leg. I thought how fortunate it was that there were emergency personnel basically next door if it turned out he'd suffered some damage. Judd Brewer's recommendation is that people not beat themselves up for being distracted. Instead, we should look for the bigger, better offer. In other words, experiment with behaviors that have a better long-run payoff than chocolate cake. For me, that's a tall order, but it sounds worth exploring. On the way to Thursday night's choir rehearsal, I slowed down near where I'd seen the man. It was already dark, with the street lights set to gently glow rather than illuminate. There was no sign of him. My image of a prophet, like the picture at the top of the blog, is messy hair, beard, sandals, a robe, an angry face, and a message. The towel dude had the hair, the beard, and the garments, but not the sandals and not the angry face, or it didn't seem so. His had been the face of a person barefoot in 25-degree weather. As for the message, as far as I could tell, it was something born of realizing he wasn't outfitted or equipped for his journey, but he'd have to muddle through somehow. Thanks so much for spending a bit of your day here. As I've probably mentioned, I don't really think that the universe or anything in it is trying to tell me anything. My back brain could be, though, and I do enjoy being unfocused enough to notice something interesting, something that sparks a still, small, aha moment that at least feels as though it's a, well, I was going to say explanation or an insight, but it would be more accurate to say that it feels like it's a clue. And life is more fun when I'm following a trail of clues. Today's essay comes from my WordPress blog, which is also called The Gene Space, if you'd like to read the original or some of my other work. There's a link in the description. Also, if you're inclined to support this show, that would be much appreciated. Every little bit helps. There's a donations button on my homepage. Until next time, Be well.